Welcome to On the Bench. I am your host, Brendan Sinone. I am joined today by Josh Newberg. Hi, Josh. Chris Nee. Hello, Chris. Good morning, buddy. And and joining us today, a special guest, Florida State football coach Mike Norvell. Mike, welcome to On the Bench. How are you doing this morning? Man, doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on and uh, hope everybody's doing well. Thank you. We, we appreciate you joining us. I did save the best for last. Uh, I appreciate having this Zoom call with you in a little bit different context because uh, the, the Zoom press conferences, you were very generous with your time this year, Mike. But I have to imagine you would much rather be doing this in a more intimate, uh, either in person or, or am I, is it fair to say that the, the Zoom calls were a little a little taxing for you by the end of the year when you were doing four times a week? No, it was a it was definitely a, a different experience. Um, you know, the I uh, thought we did a, a pretty solid job limiting as many technical issues as we as as we could. But um, you know, it's, it's it's something to to be in person and to be able to to you know get a sense of the of the emotion of, of people. You know, you know, uh, you know that day to day interaction is one of my favorite things about the job that I have. And um, you know, just even looking back throughout the year, just the the different Zoom meetings that we had to do with our players. You know, obviously the, the interaction or, or lack thereof with the with the media and you know so many people that that invest so much time within this program uh you know, definitely uh, looking forward to getting back to normal um you know i don't know if i'll you know you mentioned having more intimate setting with you three guys i'm not sure about that but i mean <laughs> hey we're, we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll roll forward here with this and uh you know i'm sure we'll see all everybody in person here soon enough <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's uh let's get going on some some really positive news and, and to me that's the the use of the transfer portal and the success you guys have had the last two months or so, you've gotten eight commitments through the portal. There's seven. I know that you can talk about Mike and seven guys who, who have signed uh, one. So a two part question for you. One, why was that the transfer portal and that usage so important for you guys? Why did you, you know, lean on that to kind of round out this class? And then two, how important was it to get those guys, a majority of them on campus already here for winter conditioning? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, for us, we're, we're looking for the right fit for Florida state football and, uh, you know, making sure that as we go through, uh, we had the early signing period. I thought we were able to, uh, to address a lot of needs um, at some critical positions with, with guys from the high school ranks. So we knew, you know, when you look at our football team, uh, you know, we had the youngest football team in, in, in all of college football last year. I mean, I think it was 75% of our roster were freshmen or sophomores. So, uh, you know, with the transfer portal, to, to have an opportunity to, to, to bring in some experienced players that uh, could, could help us at, at specific positions. And, you know, even in, in just a grand scheme of it, you know, finding guys that we believe could come in and, and help build, you know, you know, you know be great players. Players, but also also build uh, continuing to build the culture and the mindset that we have. You know, guys have had great success. Uh, you on the field, great great young men off the field, uh, but are going to are going to be em- willing to embrace the culture that we have here and be able to provide a leadership of, of what it looks like for some of the guys that we have that are still you know very young in their in their collegiate careers. And uh, but really excited about the uh, the seven guys that we have here. Uh, you know, on campus. I mean, that was that was a critical piece for us as we wanted to get guys who were here so they get you had an opportunity to go through uh, that off-season off program. And that's, that's not going to be, you know, I mean, it's not every person. You know, we'll add a couple more pieces here uh, moving forward. But we wanted a majority of our team to be here so they could all grow in that experience, you know, be able to grow in the work that we're going to have through this off-season program and spring practice and, and all the things that are ahead. But uh, we're really excited about, uh, uh, you know, the, the additions and, uh, you know, how they've already merged within this team. Hey, Coach Josh Newberg here. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Really appreciate it. Um, how do you find the balance between recruiting high school quarterbacks and taking on a transfer quarterback? 
you know, I think that's something that has to be evaluated. You know, um, I was, you know, every every season, every you know, circumstance is unique to itself. Um, you know, if you look back through my career, I've had a, I've kind of balanced throughout both. I've, I've recruited, um, you know, a good number of guys out of the high school ranks, but I've also at times, you know, you know, had had an opportunity to bring in a transfer that was the right fit at the right time. Um, you know, you know, this year that that situation presented itself. You know, we had uh, we had a need that we were looking to add another quarterback, uh, you know, into this team and uh, you know explore the different options that were available. Um, you know, I, I felt that we hit a, hit an absolute home run with that in Mackenzie Milton uh, to our team. You know, as a guy that has had unbelievable success, uh, you know, has had to deal with uh, you know some real extreme adversity. You know, missing missing uh, the last two years due to injury, but uh, you know just a, an incredible leader, a guy that's had as much success on the football field throughout his college careers as any any you know really. Cool quarterback that that is a uh, uh, that is playing the game you know in in the NCAA right now and so we're excited about who he is where he's at he comes into a room that that is an, an inexperienced room you look at the uh, you know guys that we had we two true freshmen that uh, both started games for us this last year uh, Jordan Travis got his first year starting uh, you know starting games uh, you know even having to battle through different injuries and things like that so uh, you know I'm excited about the competition we have but uh, you know you look at those those four guys that we have in in our quarterback room and uh, you know I can tell you the future is very bright uh, you know it's going to be a great competition but they're all going to be able to to build off of each other and to be able to share with those experiences uh, but I think that it was the the uh, the right fit the right person and uh, you know, came into to a great situation uh, for everybody involved to, to be able to help push our football team forward. Yeah, we've seen grad transfer quarterbacks make a big impact on the college level in just one season. Um, last year, you came on this podcast and said right away, I'm not taking a graduate transfer quarterback. So what changed? Was it the roster dynamics within the program or was it just the options that were available? I mean, you know, I, I think a little bit of both. I mean, I there were there were plenty of, of graduate quarterbacks last year that had reached out uh, that were that were interested in an opportunity. We had just signed two high school quarterbacks, you know, with Chuba and Tate, and I was really excited about about both of those young men. We had two, you know, two other you know quarterbacks that had been within the program, and so I mean, I wanted to have an opportunity to see you know where we were, you know, what we had, and. Um, you know, a year into it, we're really excited about the uh, development and the, the 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 potential that I've seen in the three guys that were returning this uh, for this next year, but also, you know, an opportunity for, uh, to be able to add an experience piece, the guy that has been there, a guy that's done it, um, you know, it's, you know, and even in talking with McKenzie, um, you know, there was, there, there, he understands the, the, the challenge that's in front of him, the competition that's here, but, you know, he's excited about that opportunity. And, um, you know, I really didn't, I didn't want to go unless it was the absolute right, you know, the, the right person there. And I, I didn't really want to bring in another freshman to, you know, with this year and the circumstance of everybody getting a year back to have three essentially true freshman quarterback all on the same roster unless it was the right guy um and you know with for us uh you know with McKenzie becoming available uh you through the portal I mean it was a it was an absolute home run for us and excited about having him good morning coach Chris Knee here why were three defensive backs through the portal something you guys pursued something you guys went and got when you're at obviously trying to balance numbers at the end of the recruiting game 
Well, I mean, I think that, you know, looking back at this year, you, you get a perspective. This is my first year in the in the ACC and the different offenses that you face, uh, you know, some of the different dynamics of, of, uh, of you know, what, what we're, um, you know, looking to do and also excited about uh, the personnel that we have. Uh, uh, we feel like those three guys are going to be able to provide us a lot of uh, uh, flexibility in, in what we're and how we're able to implement our personnel moving forward. Um, you know, you look at last year, I mean, we played – we played 11 defensive backs, so you know, over 100 snaps due to injury and, and variety of different factors that showed up. Um, you know, and this was it, it was a challenge. There were games we went in with literally, you know, we had three corners, you know, able to play. Um, you know, in with at the at the beginning of a football game, and so uh, you know, our depth was something that we wanted to to be able to um, you know be able to to increase it by bringing in you know guys that that have had productive that have had production uh, you know, out there on the college at the college level, the guys that could come in here and and be able to be versatile pieces and and where they could align, what they could do, whether it's you know playing nickel cornerback spot, whether it's playing safety, you know, I think that um, you know being able to add those guys, you know, their experience, but also the type of guys that they are. Uh, were the right fit for for what we were looking for, and uh, you know I think it's gonna uh, a great a great piece for us moving forward to be able to allow us to do uh, a lot of different things with uh, with the guys that we have there in the defensive backfield. Offensive tackle is a position you guys have tried to fix since you walked in the door. Is that something as the portal develops here in the coming months before the season rolls around? Is that an area where you may still go to the portal to try to address? Uh, absolutely. We're going to continue to, to evaluate, you know, all, all positions. I think that, um, you know, when you look at the offensive line, there's, uh, I'm really excited about the growth that I've seen there. I think that, um, you know, the development of our young guys were, were extremely young up front. Um, you know, we were actually got a, a little bit of a, uh, of a bonus, you know, with this year, having guys come back, you, you look at Devonte announcing he's coming back for a senior year, a guy that, that, uh, you know, baby on Johnson who hasn't really, I don't know if he's ever made an official announcement, but for baby, Beyond coming back, uh, that's somebody that brings a great experience and a lot of flexibility of what he can do. Um, you know, excited about him him coming back and being a part of the team. But uh, um, and then you know, the seeing the development of the young guys, a guy like you know Robert Scott, who you know, had an incredible first year uh, as a true freshman. Uh, seeing a guy like Lloyd Willis, who really didn't get a whole you know a whole lot of repetition uh, you know, throughout the course of the season. You know, he had to, he had a, a little bit set of a setback uh, you know there at the beginning of camp where he wasn't able to to, to go basically until. Uh, you know, midway through uh, uh, midway through the fall camp, but he's somebody that really developed throughout the year, and uh, we're excited about the guys that we have there. But uh, you know, anytime we can find a, a you know a, a key piece, an experienced piece that can come in and add to that competition, something we're we're definitely going to explore. Can you shed some light on numbers? How many you expect to add through this period? Uh, Twenty five is usually the cap, but we know there's some leeway where you might be able to add another additional one, from what we understand just how you guys kind of go about assessing needs, filling needs, meeting those numbers, balancing everything that comes with it as you're trying to acquire talent and improve your roster. Yeah, that's something that is a uh, is a big focus for for you know, our staff is make sure that we're uh, addressing the needs at the at the right places. Um, you know, you know, with the uh, the twenty five you know um, you know annual scholarship limit, you know there is there are a couple situations that could uh, that that could come up that uh, could expand that. But you know, for us, it's all about finding the, finding the right fit. And uh, you know, there's things that we're exploring with uh, uh, different walk on options, different things um, um, that have that have come available. Um, you know, with, with this transfer pool, there's so many, there's so many kids that are going in with, with limited, with limited opportunities of, of what's out there. And so, you know, we're, we're exploring every option. 
uh, if we feel like we can get, you know, get somebody to join the program, um, you know, th that's going to be able to make an impact. I mean, it's whether it's scholarship walk on, you know, we're going to explore every option that, that is there um, just to help continue to build this roster, continue to build uh, the competition that we have and, and try to, to uh, assess uh, you and, um, you know, fill any needs that we, we might feel, uh, feel that, uh, uh, that can be taken care of through that. Moving on from the portal and recruiting, I think we're going to dive a bit into personnel. Obviously, again, we brought this up a couple of questions ago. Offensive line something that a lot of fans and people like us pay a lot of attention to. Can you just talk about the job Alex Atkins did in year one with that group, both guys that he brought in and you guys brought in, as well as the guys that he had to adopt as a new coach? Well, I mean, I thought Alex did a, did a great job. And, um, you know, the the buy-in from from the players that we have, um, you know, the – uh, the work that that went into to, to their base understanding of what they were being asked to do, and then you know being able to uh, to implement that uh, you know throughout the course of uh, of uh, uh, you know fall camp and you know throughout the course of the season, which was so I mean the number of offensive line combinations that we experienced, especially early in the year, was was crazy. I think in the first game we lost three guys. Uh, um, you know, in, in that, in just that one contest that, you know, had to, we had to move so many pieces around, but, uh, you saw that group continue to grow, continue to get better. I was really pleased with, uh, you know, just the continuity that they started to develop within, uh, within, uh, you know, their understanding of the scheme and then, you know, also their belief in each other. So, uh, I think there are great days ahead. Um, you know, still even guys like, you know, Thomas Schrader did get to show, um, you know, there, you know, later in the season, you know, he got, he got some good experience. Uh, you know, mentioned guys like Lloyd Willis, but then you look at uh, even Zane Herring who had to miss the year, um, you know, due to injury. You know, Zane was somebody that I was really excited about, uh, you know, uh, ended up, you having to have uh, or a surgery early in the year. Um, but then you, the continued development of the guys that we have. Uh, you know, I thought you saw Dante Lucas take the take, uh, you know, big steps here moving forward. Um, you know, Maurice, Maurice Smith, I mean, as he continues to develop physically, um, you know, I thought he did, a, did an outstanding job throughout the course of the year. Um, you know, then, you know, Darius Washington coming off offseason, you know, surgery where he really wasn't able to have the offseason that you would hope for. You just in his physical development. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to continue to grow and uh, and be a great piece for uh, for, for this offensive line. Um, but, and I know we'd already mentioned like Robert and some guys like that, but you know, I'm, I'm excited about that group. I'm excited about the potential, uh, of, of what they, of, of what they have. And then I'm also excited about the competition that we're going to be able to, to, or that we have added and we'll be able to continue that. Mike, a little bit earlier, you mentioned McKenzie Milton, the addition of him to the quarterback room and what he brings to that position group with experience, uh, and all that good stuff. How are the guys who we're already in the quarterback room handling his addition. Obviously, the big presence, uh, but but how how does he helping them? How are they responding to to his presence uh, in the no, quarterback I, room? I think it's a great group, and um, you know, some we had uh, Coach Dillingham, myself. We had, we had we had open com uh, conversations about that before we brought McKenzie in because um, it's something that uh, that's important to me. That you know, one I want uh, you know that group and and that position is such a, a unique dynamic. You know, you, for the, most of the time, there's only one of them that get to play. Uh, you know, on any given snap. Um, but, you know, for those guys to understand the, the importance of their development, the importance of, of the development of, of, of that role within, within our team. And, uh, you know, just that, that competitive spirit that, uh, that they all have. I mean, everybody wants to play, but everybody, everybody needs to continue to grow. And, um, you know, my job is to, to, to uh, make sure that I'm bringing in the right fit, the right, the, the right type of young man that's going to, that's going to help our team 
and how they're competing within the same position and how they're helping compete within the course of this team. And, and you know, having all those guys push, pushing together in the same direction, I've been really pleased with uh, with all of, uh, of of all of them of how they've uh, you know kind of gelled together already and trying to help help each other. Uh, you'll hear even in the early part uh, part of this uh, spring semester. And when we spoke to McKinsey, with when the local media spoke to McKinsey last week, he provided pretty positive updates on how the knee is doing, how the leg is doing, uh, where he's headed with it with his rehab. Uh, for you guys, Mike, I guess how are you handling load management with him now and then in the spring? And I know that's something that you're certainly trying to I imagine. Uh, it's a delicate balance on how to use McKenzie with the rehab process, I'd imagine. Absolutely. And, you know, it's something that, uh, um, you know, we're taking it day by day and, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's going through uh, you know, his transition into the program. Uh, you know, actually today he's got, I know he had mentioned he's got another follow-up uh, today and, you know, uh, I feel very confident with, with ex- exactly where he's at, uh, you know, in his, in his rehab process. And, um, you know, fully aware when, when he came in that there was going to be, uh, there's going to be some days and some adjustments and things that we're going to have to do. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about everything I've seen from him and, uh, you know, where he's at, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's been, it's, it's been enjoyable to watch, you know, just the way that he's transitioned into the program. Uh, yes, he is an older guy, but on the flip side, you know, he's, he's come in, uh, you know, trying to do the little things that, that, that help, you know, be a great teammate and, and learning the guy's names, being around them, being an encouraging piece. Um, you know, even if he's not able to do everything physically right now, you know, just being able to to grow and, 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 and gel with his teammates. I mean, that's, uh, that's something that's important. And, um, you know, I, but I'm excited about what the spring's going to look like for him and uh, to see him back out on the field. I, I, you know, I've seen uh, I've seen the film from uh, you know from this this past year. You know, him running a scout team. I don't have any I don't have any concerns about where he'll be uh, moving forward. It's just uh, you know the process of getting you know to that point, ready to to compete and play a game. All right. So this is a question for our message boarders because we get this guy asked about probably about once once or twice a week for like the last two months now. Demory Tate, how did he look during the the season? I guess what's the expectation for him? Uh, moving moving forward in terms of eligibility, and then even like what his role will be on the team. Well, I was really I was really pleased with Demoria and the way that he uh, um, you know approached this year. You know, especially academically. You know, coming in the transition, uh, I thought he did did a really good job, and uh, you know his transition uh, extremely well to Florida State. Um, you know, uh, you know, you see his athleticism, speed. You know, the length that he has. Uh, you know, he's continuing to grow, continuing to develop. Um, you know, the biggest thing for us as we go into spring is for him to develop that consistency, you know, play in and play out. Um, you know, there was, he was limited in, in a lot of, um, you know, what he, what he was able to do here in, in the fall. Um, you know, we knew that he wasn't going to be eligible, um, you know, to, to compete this last year, but, uh, you know, for him to be able to go out and, uh, you know, still go to work each and every day, trying to build on the fundamentals, you know, trust in that technique. Um, you know, I'm excited of what this spring will be and just to see him grow and, and go through that process, um, you know, because he definitely has shown the signs of, of uh, the type of athlete and the ability that he has. And then my last question here for you, Coach. Uh, the pass rush this year I know wasn't what you guys probably want to be in terms of production, getting to the quarterback. I guess why do you think you were unable to get to the quarterback as consistently as maybe as you would have liked? And, and then secondly, uh, with the additions you guys have gotten through uh, both the, the freshman class and then some of the – the transfer products as well. Do you think you've made strides to getting in a better position to get to the quarterback in 2021? 
Uh, absolutely. That was uh, one of the key factors. You know, you look at, uh, um, you know, from the, the high school ranks, uh, I believe we signed five defensive linemen there in the, uh, in the early signing date. And then, you know, being able to address, uh, you know, add a couple other, um, you know, positional needs. But uh, the one common factor with, all, with all, every person we brought in is they, they, they all have shown an ability to be able to impact the quarterback. And that's what within the pass rush. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the ability that that they have, uh, you know, against the run game as well. I mean, it, it takes it all. But uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that was uh, it was critical for us this year. And you know, we have we have to improve on that. And uh, there's always a lot of different factors that go into it. You know, it's it's easy to point to just a one position group and say, well, this this is the this is why we did or did not uh, you know accomplish a a goal. But uh, you know, it really does. It, it is all encompassing. But there's no doubt about it that that was a huge focus for us, uh, you know, you know, coming into this signing class and, uh, you know, as well as even some things that we uh, have done in, through the transfer portal, because that has to be a, a major improvement for our defense. And uh, you'll know, be able to impact the quarterback and uh, create those explosive plays on the defensive side of the ball. And that's going to help, help in, in, in all aspects of what we're trying to do and accomplish. So uh, I'm excited about where we are uh, and, and the pieces that we've brought into place and the, and the development of some of the young guys that we've had. Um, you know, on on the roster, like a Derek McClendon, you know, Quayshon Fuller, I thought really uh, uh, developed it throughout the throughout the course of the year, and then you know those those interior guys, uh, you know, seeing Dennis Briggs, who was who who really was not a part of you know the uh, the uh, the program being through opt out, um, you know, coming back mid season and really saw him take some positive strides, him Fabian Lovett. Uh, you know, Robert Cooper, we knew those guys to continue to grow and develop. But uh, I'm, I'm excited about the uh, uh, the group that we have on the defensive front and some of the pieces we've been able to add to, to help in, improve uh, that pass rush. Hey, Coach, uh, moving away from personnel a little bit, looking at some big picture topics. Um, there was a lot of movement in the coaching carousel this year. It was kind of unknown what the pandemic was going to do to the to coaching change this offseason, but you know, no changes at Florida State. Why was staff continuity important to you this offseason? I mean, I think I think continuity is, uh, is within the staff is is critical. I mean, you especially coming in on on the first year to, to a place that's experienced a lot of change. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that you look at. I mean, uh you know, and and with all the things that we experienced this year, I mean, for the for the players that went through it to have I mean, there've been four different offensive coordinators, four different defensive schemes. I mean, a lot of a lot of things that uh, presented challenges. Um, you know, it's I, I believe our players need the, to to build that confidence and what they're being asked to do, the language of of what they're what of of, of being able to to understand and 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 build upon that of of what they need to do and how they need to execute, and then they just need to get better at it. And you know, you having that combination with a really young football team. Uh, you know, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about you know what's to come. And um, you know, there were there were definitely calls. There were definitely uh, you know, offers for guys that were uh, on our staff. Uh, you know, and 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 other from other places. But uh, you know, I believe we've got a great co- coaching staff. Uh, you know, guys that are, are tremendous leaders of men. You know, and it's for for now. It's continuing to to build uh, you know, upon that foundation. And you you look back at 2020, and it was a challenging year in a, in a lot of different ways. Uh, but it was a year of growth. It was a year of of you know, hoping you know teach these young guys of how we how we have to respond to adversity. You look at the last month of the season, and I thought that was one of the most challenging times probably in my coaching career with the games being canceled and you know all of the unexpected on the back end of the circumstances of what it took just to get to that point. But you've know, seen our guys respond, and uh, that was yeah. Uh, I know I you point back to the Duke game and. 
you know, coming out after not playing for whatever it was, you know, almost 28 days, I believe. Um, and to start off, you know, we jumped, jumped out of the gate up 28 to nothing. But then probably the, the critical thing about that game that, you know, even going back and watching it, you know, when they made their run and it gets to 28-21, seeing our guys and, and their response to that situation, uh, you know, that was probably the thing that showed me as much growth as anything. Because, you know, throughout the course of the season, that were, there were times where we just absolutely lacked that. I mean, you look back to Georgia Tech to the beginning of the season and, you know, we're up, you know, we're up 10 nothing at halftime. We're, we're, you know, a lot of good things. But then when something negative happened, we didn't respond the right way to be able to finish. But that just seeing the, 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 the way that our guys matured throughout the course of the year, now having that consistency and, and the continuity within the staff moving forward, being able to add a couple of pieces uh, uh, within our football program. Uh, I'm just excited about what this next year holds and to, to see us continue to grow, uh, you know, as a football team and, and as a program. Coach, earlier you referenced that you guys are the youngest team in college football, roughly. Is the roster where you want it to be in the sense of you handpicking the guys you're going to put out there on the field and try to win games with with what you've been able to do here in the last 13, 14 months? Uh, you know, I, I think that we've, we've got a lot of great pieces in place. And, uh, you know, we have to continue to develop because we're still going to be young. And, uh, you know, but, but with the addition of some experienced guys, I think that's going to add to the competition. Um, you know, there's guys that, that probably haven't played a snap uh, uh, up to this point that have a chance to impact our football team at a very high level this next season. So it's not just about, you know, the experience It's about the competition. It's about the development. And, and that's our job as coaches. That's, that's the, the, the job and the, and the responsibility of our players to, to embrace that, the, the work and, and all that goes into it. Um, but we're, we're getting there. And uh, to say that we're, you know, we're one year in, um, you know, I think that when you look at the success of the guys that we brought in a year ago and some of the, uh, uh, you know, what they were able to do in their first year, you know, to, to what we've been able to add to the, to the roster now, I think that uh, uh, we're, I, I know that we're definitely heading in the right direction, um, but, you know, it's time for us to continue to develop and we've got to go out there and we've got to, we've got to put it on the field. And that's something that, you know, I'm definitely excited about that process, but uh, um, you know, it, there were a lot, there were a couple of factors that made it challenging just with, you know, some of the positions and coming in that we had to almost oversign at, or we almost had to you know, spend so much attention that, you know, it's we're I'm excited that coming out of this year, I think we'll be more balanced uh, to where we want to be. And then we'll be able to, to continue to build upon that here as, uh, as we move forward uh, in future signing classes. One guy who's fairly new to these parts is Michael Alford. Can you just talk about your relationship with him and his passion for what he's trying to do with boosters and help your program as well as the other athletic programs on campus? Yeah, I mean, he was such an incredible addition to this to this program. And, um, you know, the, one of the things I was grateful for is the opportunity to be able to, to sit in on, um, you know, the, the finalist for that position and to be a part of that hiring process. Uh, um, but there was no doubt, uh, you know, when, when Michael came and, you know, he shared his vision, um, you know, his experience, you know, all the things that he's done throughout the course of his career, uh, he was the right guy for Florida State. And uh, to be able to get him here, the excitement, the drive, the vision, um, you know, he is a he is a mover. I can tell you that he has been, uh, he's been all over the state. You know, he's been, he's been, uh, you know, out meeting, 
uh, you know, you know uh, meeting uh, you know, different boosters, being able to share the vision. Um, you know, we actually this last week, you know, spent a lot of time together, just continuing to talk about uh, things that uh, that we want to be able to implement uh, or, or add within the program. And uh, you know, it's just uh, to have somebody with that with that passion and excitement, uh, you know, you know, you know, to add, to add into what is already here uh, within our uh, administrative staff. I mean, it was a uh, it was a definitely a great piece, and uh, excited about what the future holds with him. Did I make it awkward at the beginning of the podcast when I called it an intimate setting? That was my fault. My bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, w- Willie is our third favorite host behind me, Josh. We like Willie, his dog, and then Brendan. That's how this works. Mm-hmm. Mike, thank you for joining us here on the bench, putting up with our shenanigans. We appreciate it. This was fun. This is informative. I know our, our listeners are going to really appreciate the time, at, as do we. Well, thank appreciate you, you guys having me on. And go Knowles. Go Knowles. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. I knew as soon as I said intimate that I probably shouldn't have. You're just being you, man. We got a football guy on the pod. Nothing about that's intimate. I didn't mean like hugging intimate. I meant like, you know, just, just a few guys cutting it up. Talking about ball. I enjoyed that because you get in the, the, you know, the constant of the season and press conference has become a little cookie cutter. Once in a blue moon, there's a comment made that's intriguing, but there's something about a refreshed Mike Norvell talking about his team that just brings some new views to it. I mean, some of that we've heard before, but there was some stuff I thought was really good. I thought his staff continuity answer was really, really good. I agree with him with what he said in regards to that in the sense of language and guys having to learn it. And it's good to get the recruiting insight from him, especially about how they handled the transfer portal. Cause we heard since October, how intensive they intended to be in the transfer portal and then they went and they were that and then to hear it on the back end of this is why we did it this is why we took three out of position i thought that had value so i always enjoy it i appreciate him taking his time yeah i liked um i thought anytime we talked about roster management or balancing the roster i know the people listening to this won't be able to see it but his eyes kind of lit up on the zoom um especially towards the end when we talked about is the roster kind of where you want it to be and it was interesting to hear his 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 passion to detail in terms of, you know, loading up at positions. And you could kind of hear a sense of relief in his voice like, yeah, it is almost where we need it to be. And um, you can ju- you can just tell that they put as much as the message board posters put in time thinking about the roster. It's safe to say Mike Norvell puts in more time. I'm glad you had to clarify that, Josh, because I think there's some people out there who don't 
We think they put in more time than everyone else. Uh, how much was everyone just holding their breath as he was answering the question on scholarship numbers? Like I'm talking about like the people listening to the podcast, like <laughs> if, if driving said, their car ride home and just they listen, they put their ear closer to the stereo. Is he going to say 28, 29, 30? If he just leaned in and said numbers always work out, Josh, <laughs> Josh, Josh was going to get tattooed on himself. I wanted to follow up, but I know we were short on time, but I wanted to just follow up and say, Coach Mike Norvell, the numbers always work out. So do you believe that the numbers will always work out? You know, I wanted to ask him something about it, but. I, I will add to that discussion. I spoke with a compliance officer last week and I've had discussions with a couple of people. I fully expect FSU to cap out at 26 as far Thank as you. scholarship players. They can definitely take 25 to 26 will be because of a waiver. I think that waiver more than anything will have to do with a player who potentially signed but never played a snap at FSU because of circumstances. But that's something they have to acquire. But I that's where we sit. That's what we expect. That's what we've said for, I feel like, several months now. Months. But I got further clarity on it last week beyond the sources we had spoken to previously about it. And the walk-on dynamic, because Mike did mention they're looking at some things with walk-on, I don't want people to start running down the rabbit hole thinking that means they're going to have someone walk-on in August. And Blue shirt, the- gray shirt, right. yellow shirt, pink you, shirt. You clarified, <laughs> you clarified that too, Chris, right, with the compliance? Or yeah, like and we, we fairly consistently do not expect a blue shirt or a gray shirt as things stand right now with what they're taking. That's just not the way this is going to work this year. Um, with a walk-on, they have to be here a full academic year to not count against the initial counter. So, you know, Wyatt Rector got his scholarship after being here for a full academic year. So, therefore, he did not count in the sense of against the 25 cap. He obviously mm-hmm. counts against the 85 cap, but not the 25 same Parker Growth House has been here for multiple years, what, two years now at least. Uh, so, so, so same thing. So yeah. just when you hear Mike – go ahead, Chris. The tight end from last year who played a lot of snaps, 45, Preston Daniel. Preston Daniel, yeah. Part of the reason Preston probably wasn't put on scholarship despite being a crucial piece of the offensive weaponry in the sense of playing a hell of a lot of snaps for a true freshman walk-on is if he had, he would have counted against that 25 the previous year. So that's probably part of the reason. When Preston hits August of this year – the potential exists for him to be put on scholarship because he will been here an academic year. Yeah, I just don't want people thinking Mike's saying walk on and, and taking that as like they're going to stash some some starter immediately. I mean, maybe, who knows? But I don't think that's exactly what he, he meant there. Josh, how mad are you that we've gone down the rabbit hole of numbers on this outro? I'm still beaming over the big news that Mike Nordbell dropped on us. Big baby? Babyon coming back, baby. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Babyon was in Jimbo's first recruiting class at Florida State, but here he is back for, for year, year five, year six. I don't know. I'm just glad to have him back. Year I'll six. Take, I'll take Booga Joe around these parts if he wants to hang around. <laughs> Depth on the offensive line is a good thing. Yeah. And a good guy, too. He's not going to, he's not detrimental to any sort of chemistry or anything like that, too. No, valuable, valuable at that standpoint. Uh, the McKenzie Milton stuff was good just to clarify where he's at physically and that, you know, that, what we've reported here previously on Knowles 24-7 is that they liked his scout team tape. They saw it. They they were very confident in it. And sure enough, Mike talked about that. Like that scout team tape looked damn good this past year. They're very confident in what he's going to be able to do on the field in, in 2021. Uh, anything else, fellas? Can I get a basketball minute? Yeah. Go they earned it. it. Come on now. Yeah, that's true. Josh actually watched the game. How about that? Newberg. Oh, whoa. Newberg watched basketball. You know, Josh, you do the basketball minute. Screw Chris. You do it. I was on the couch watching basketball. The Florida State Seminoles defeated the Tar Heels of UNC, and um, they're moving on to the next game. 
There you go. That's your basketball minute. Great basketball minute. Thanks, John. Scotty Barnes was out. The other guys filled in nicely. I mean, there you hey. Raekwon Gray played a career game, had 19. MJ Walker continues to tear it up, being the best player on that team. I think the best news of that day was Malik Osborne, 10 points, played really, really well. Best offensive game he's had this year. FSU capped a good week where they also annihilated NC State at home. NC State without Manny Bates, in case you didn't hear a broadcast that said that 87 times, apparently. So 2-0 week, they'll probably be back in the top 25 later today. Tonight, they play at Louisville, also a top 25 team right now. Louisville just suffered their first ACC loss at Miami a couple days ago. Pretty poor game from Louisville. I expect them to be a lot sharper tonight. They also owe FSU because FSU, you know, beat their ass twice last year. So good times. Who's the uh, who's the big who's the big European center? Balsa Kopovica. What year is he? He's a sophomore. He's gonna be all right. Yeah, he's he's coming along. He's a guy that Stan Jones invests a great deal of time with. And it shows. And Balsa had to kind of sack up, for lack of a better term. <laughs> Balsa sack. And uh, had to uh, play aggressively around the boards. UNC is one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And they are the best offensive rebounding team in the country. And FSU out-rebounded them. And a big mm-hmm. reason for that was Balsa playing his backside off. But also, FSU fronted really well. The guard swooped in and did a good job with being aggravating around the ball. FSU played an excellent game against UNC. I thought it was the best, like, team unified energy, doing everything we got to do, not having Scotty kind of showing that they could have. And, uh, you know, there's always turning points to Leonard Hamilton's teams. I yeah. thought NC State was to a slight degree, but NC State without Manny Bates is a very lesser version of NC State. But FSU shot the lights out, best offensive efficiency game in program history based on Ken Palm. But for them to come back out against UNC, be shorter, man. And that's not a great UNC team, but it is still UNC with like six, seven McDonald's All-Americans running around out there. I thought the way FSU played, the fact that they handled some ebbs and flows fairly effectively, and they closed it out. And again, they were super efficient at the free throw line going 25 or 26, I believe it was. Uh, a lot of good signs. It, tonight's an important night. will be a difficult one on road at Louisville. If they play well, even in a loss, I think it's still a very good sign that they're trending in a very positive direction after being a little unnerving at the end of December with the way they played in those last three games that month. That was like three minutes, and it was glorious. I kept it going. I kept it going. Sorry, Brendan. Uh, there's one or two other things I thought we can get to, but let's we'll save it for maybe later this week. How about save that? it. We'll save it. We'll save it. Or, or next week. We'll see. I, I think we deserve a little time off. It's a great, I'm moving this great. week, so <laughs> Maybe have it. let's get you podcasting while you're moving and unpacking stuff. Full stress, full tilt stress. Hey, can we get you on the closing on Wednesday? We'll get you. How about that? We'll get you. No, in on the I'm closing. so stressed out as it is, Brendan. I don't even want to think. Don't even say that word right now to me. Closing. <laughs> hey, real quick. I do want to thank the listeners. We don't ask you guys a ton anymore for five-star reviews. Don't want to bother you with that stuff. We did. Last week, you came through, got a bunch of five-star reviews, four or five uh, positive uh, actual reviews, like like you wrote down stuff. Someone said that the main guy doesn't like being here. I think that's Chris they're talking about. I, I didn't know Chris was the main guy. I didn't think I was the main guy. I didn't know jo- I don't think we have a main guy. I'm much happier to be here than I was two years ago. Well, you're getting paid for it for a few months. Not anymore. Also, we're open to sponsors, too. Anyone? 
For Chris Nee, Josh Newberg, I'm Brendan Sinone. want to thank Mike Norvell one more time for joining us on the bench in this intimate setting. Uh, we'll be back sometime later this week or early next week at the absolute latest. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for the continued support. We'll talk to you later. Go Nolan. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.